Hi everyone, I'm Damon Klotz, and welcome to the Culture First podcast. Before we start the episode, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by CultureAmp. CultureAmp helps companies to create a better world of work. Using people science and technology, we give companies the tools and support to create high-performing cultures and ultimately deliver on more humanity at work. You can learn more about CultureAmp as well as find all of the episodes from this show at culturefirstpodcast.com. All right, let's get started. We love data at MLB. We love analytics. We love, you know, that we create new statistics for baseball players every year, it feels like, and I'm having to learn what they are. Um, And we track everything relative to our fans. So this was really our first opportunity to track things and measure things that were important to our employees. Culture first. 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 I'm Damon Klotz, and this is Culture First. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Culture First podcast. I'm your host. Damon Klotz. Over the past couple of months, I've been working hard with my colleagues at CultureAmp to get ready to host three unique experiences for our community. Now, community is at the heart of everything we do at CultureAmp. And one thing that has been consistent with my time at CultureAmp is the desire to challenge ourselves with big, audacious goals. I'll give you an example in the form of a story. In 2015, I created an event series called the People Geek Up. Now, I wanted to design the sort of events and experiences that I wished existed when I was a HR practitioner. Fast forward a few months, and by this stage, we'd run about six of these events in places like San Francisco, New York, and Melbourne, and the early signs suggested that they were a success for both the community and for CultureAmp. That's when CultureAmp CEO Didier Elzinga told me that he thinks we can go bigger in 2016, and that the goal now was to run 100 People Geek Ups around the world. That year, which we affectionately call the Year of the People Geek Up, created an incredible foundation for both the community and CultureAmp. These foundations allowed us to turn what started as a series of meetups into our global event series, which we called Culture First. Obviously, 2020 meant that we had to put our plans for an event on hold. And trust me, we had a really big, amazing event planned. But here we are in 2021, and Culture First is back. It's virtual, and it's happening three times over three months and in three different time zones. Like I said, we'd like a challenge. So I shared the origin story of creating the People Geek Up because at the heart of the story was my desire to connect with inspiring practitioners and companies who wanted to create a better world of work. That desire to learn and connect practitioners and companies is as strong as ever. Over the past few months, I've been working on building out each of the sessions that you'll get to hear if you attend our Culture First events. Now, driving the storytelling for these events has allowed me a pretty rare chance to go behind the scenes at organisations like Airbnb, Sprinkler, Kickstarter, Nasdaq and Major League Baseball. In this episode of the Culture First podcast, I'm extending that invite to you, the listeners, as you get to go behind the scenes with me to learn more from these companies. In this episode, 
I'll be speaking with Kira Connerty, who's the Director of Talent Management at Major League Baseball. As you'll hear in this interview, Kira has an impressive and unique background that she brings to the people and culture space from her time at West Point, as well as her time in the US Army. When I first met Kira to learn more about the story that she wanted to share with the Culture First community, I asked her if there's one overarching question that drives her work. Her response was, how do we create unforgettable experiences for our employees like we do for our fans? In this episode, Kira and I discuss what it's like to drive the employee experience at one of the world's most recognisable brands, the journey that they've been on to connect the dots between the brand and employee experience, and we'll also learn some of the most interesting roles that make up the 1,600 employees who work at the Major League Baseball. So today on the Culture First podcast, I'm joined by Kira Connerty. Kira Connerty is the Director of Talent Management at Major League Baseball. So Kira, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. So I start all of my interviews with this question and it's to get to know you a little bit better. So if if we were to look you up or like read your, you know, details on paper, we would know that you're the director of talent management for the Major League Baseball. But if an inquisitive 10-year-old walked up to you and said, excuse me, what do you do for work? How do you answer? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say I try to make people's daily lives better. um, And I just happen to get to do that at Major League Baseball, which is pretty cool opportunity. Now, if this 10-year-old was a huge baseball fan, they would probably bother you for an hour, but luckily they're not here to be able to keep asking you questions and it's just me. So before you joined uh, the Major League Baseball, you were also at the NBA and then before before that you were an aviation captain uh, in the US Army. So can you share a little bit about what you learned from leadership from your time in the Army? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I also attended West Point um, prior to joining the military. So um, it's, you know, one of the kind of leaders in in building leaders and um, the foundation of that entire curriculum is around kind of leadership. So I was very fortunate to, you know, get that experience even prior to being commissioned into the military. Um, But I think, you know, what I learned about leadership and so much that's carried over into what I do now on the employee experience side Um, is really just about finding ways to get the most out of the people that you work with. Um, And whether that's, you know, capitalizing on their strengths, um, finding ways to put teams together where they, you know, make up for each other's kind of shortcomings. Um, And and so much of that is what I do kind of at at Major League Baseball now around building high-performing teams or high-performing individuals that can then work well together to kind of accomplish the mission. I know I've um, had the pleasure of interviewing members from the McChrystal Group in the past um, on this podcast, and we've done a lot of work with their with their team of teams model. And uh, actually, just over this weekend, I was listening to uh, Barack Obama's latest book, and he was talking about when they made the switch to General Stanley McChrystal um, in Afghanistan and sort of why they brought him in and uh, the role that he really needed to play from a leadership perspective. So there's certainly a lot to learn from that. So the Army to the NBA. There's been some amazing trades in NBA history of the players who ended up at teams that you never thought they would, but from the army to the NBA, now that's quite a transition. How did that play out? Yeah, no, it definitely was. Um, and you, you wouldn't really get the, uh, sports center highlight on my move for sure, but, um, there's, there's some other noteworthy ones out there. Um, no, I just, I was ready for a new challenge, um, as I was kind of thinking about getting out of the military and I got a lot of exposure, to um, a few sports organizations through some of the the PR work that I was doing in the military at the time. 
um, and got exposure to see kind of the behind the scenes world of sports organizations. Um, we see the the players and the coaches and, you know, all of the people on the field or on the ice or the rink or, you know, whatever arena it is. Um, but there's a whole army of people behind the scenes that make that all possible. Um, and I got exposure to that and just decided, you know, this was a new challenge that I wanted to embark on. Um, and I, I found that I needed to get a little bit of credibility because it's a pretty unorthodox, you know, transition, as you mentioned, um, so I went back to grad school and got um, my grad degree in sports management, which really helped kind of give me some of the the core fundamentals that I needed to make that transition. I've had the chance to get to know you over the last few weeks as we've been working together um, for your presentation at our Culture First Conference this year. And I think one of the things that I've just been so fascinated by is just like the inner workings, I guess, of the sports industry and like what makes it so unique. And then obviously we'll touch on a little bit about even uh, – what's made it more unique during these times is like what all of the different uh, leagues have had to pivot to over the last sort of 18 months. But um, I actually wanted to be a, a sports agent at the start of my career. I actually, you know, in, uh, interned at a sports management company and has been fascinated by it. So I feel like I'm living out some of those dreams, getting to know you in, in this process. But I will also let you know for any of the NBA fans out there that Culture Ramp has a fantasy N- NBA league. And last night I was crowned champion. So this is a Congrats. very... Yeah. Very nice. I was I was worried that Anthony Davis was going to shoot a, a, a few more um, loose shots, and I was going to have my field goal percentage uh, tanked. But I did win the Cold Tramp Fantasy NBA League, so I know there's probably plenty of listeners out there who've been waiting for that update. Um, no, just kidding. I've never t- talked about this publicly, but I'm very proud. So we've gone from West Point to the Army to the NBA. Now you're at the Major League Baseball, and I think maybe one of the things that sort of set the stage before we kind of learn a little bit more about the work you've been doing there is what are some strange things that people probably don't know about the Major League Baseball? I think when we hear it, we probably think, oh, yeah, you know, that, you know, baseball. But, like, there's obviously a huge company behind it. There's all the inner workings. So can you share some of those, I guess, fun facts about what you've learned since being at the um, MLB? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, a really kind of good observation that everyone has sort of a perception of Major League Baseball and whether that's through a specific team that they followed growing up or a hometown team or family, you know, kind of history um, or what you see on the news or read in, in the media about it. So I think everyone has kind of a preconceived notion of, of what it is. But for to be an employee there, um, we have about f- almost 1,500 full-time employees um, around the world, it's primarily based in the United States, but we have employees outside of the U.S. Um, we also almost double in size during the season. So we get a lot of seasonal support to just, you know, make the game happen. Um, and the and the league office is its own entity, but then each of the teams also have their own staff. Um, and the interactions between you know the league office and the teams are is, a, is certainly a unique one with revenue sharing and you know so many other things. Um, we also have kind of a, a a group of what I lovingly call unicorn roles. Um, you know we've got a lot of people with very unique job titles, things like. Um, you know, head of umpires, you know, supervision and umpire development, um, people that run our replay center. Um, we actually have a couple of pilots on staff for, you know, transport and things like that. But then we also have, you know, sort of the everyday roles that most companies have too with, with lawyers and IT professionals and human resources. Um, so, you know, trying to tailor the employee experience to such a diverse population um, op- operating 
um, on the game and such a kind of unique product um, is part of what kind of drew me to the job and what keeps it exciting. So you mentioned that, like, obviously the company fluctuates in size, you know, when the season starts and the fact that it's actually quite a unique company based on a lot of the titles and, and, and the roles that are required to sort of bring this to life. Can you share a little bit of insight into, I guess, you know, what happened for you personally in your role when kind of like COVID sort of started and the pandemic started and just like your responses, like the director of talent management, given the size of the company and how you get ready for a league? Like, what was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, there was obviously a lot of uncertainty similar to kind of what everybody else experienced. Um, But, you know, whether or not we were going to play the season was certainly in limbo and being discussed um, on a very public scale. Um, So it was trying to keep up with what was being said in the media, but also, you know, listening to what our own leaders were telling us and and what impact it was going to have on our employee base. And and given my role specifically on, like I said, keeping the employees happy and keeping them motivated, um, trying to, you know, kind of squall some of the rumor mill and make sure we were sharing good information with our employees and keeping them as up to date as possible, even though things were changing, you know, day to day, hour to hour. Um, So it was certainly a unique challenge, but I think, um, through, you know, some of our data collection that we actually started during COVID. And it was a big motivator for kind of starting to gather that information from our employees. We found that they were pretty happy with with our response in general. And um, kind of by accident, we stumbled upon greater communication opportunities. And um, we were actually being more transparent with our employees than we'd ever been before. So, um, we, we kind of are trying to keep that momentum and, and not fall back on kind of our old habits. Um, so it's been, you know, challenging for sure, but I think we're, we're trying to take the positive things and, and move forward. Yeah, certainly a lot of organizations' resilience have been uh, tested over the last two years, but also I am hearing a lot of stories about organizations who've come out stronger on the other side and that there's, a, you know, a lot of things and uh, muscles that they didn't know they had that they could lean on when it comes to, you know, the employee experience and uh, communication. Certainly, you know, from all the customers I speak to and all the interviews I do for the podcast, communication has been a big one. But I think um, what I'm excited to sort of share with the listeners today, as well as for anyone who's attending Culture First Americas, is we're going to be telling a pretty amazing story about the transformation of the Major League Baseball when it comes to your listening strategy. And I guess to set the stage, you know, one of the things that we've, you know, sort of learned is that, you know, like you said, like there's a large part of your workforce, which is very much like a tech company and that you have all these kind of like people who are very fluent with data and you have um, huge amounts of data about like your customers and the brand experience that they're having. And you really want to sort of marry that with what the employees are having. So, can you maybe, you know, for those um, people who are going to be attending your session at Culture First this year, can you maybe just sort of set the stage about like what the session is going to be about and I guess the questions that you've had when it comes to building that culture of feedback at the Major League Baseball? Yeah, absolutely. And and you definitely hit the nail on the head. This has been a journey for us. Um, we we didn't, you know, sign up with Culture Amp a month ago and launch our survey. And, you know, here we are in the kind of gathering and analyzing phase. We've been on this journey for over a year, uh, making sure that we were asking the right questions, launching the survey at the right time, which we've learned there's never a perfect time. So that was part of our learning process as well. Um, but, you know, what we're going to talk about in our session is, kind of decisions we made along the road to get to the point of launching our survey, kind of what we've 
initial our initial findings uh, that we've had as a result of all of this information that we that we now have access to. And you know, to your point, that we love data at MLB. We love analytics. We love you know that we create new statistics for baseball players every year. It feels like, and I'm having to learn what they are. Um, and we track everything relative to our fans. So this was really our first opportunity to track things and measure things that were important to our employees. Um, so we've gotten a lot of insight from it and we've gotten a lot of momentum from, from our leaders who are analytical thinkers already. Um, and now they have, you know, a whole new data set that's relative to their employees and, you know, what are they willing to do with it? And, um, what decisions are we now making as a result of having that data in a concrete way, as opposed to sort of anecdotal comments, um, which is kind of how we were operating before this. When I think about the, uh, you know, with Coltram has over 4,000 customers now, and a lot of our, uh, when I look at the sports industry specifically, what we actually found was there was a lot of teams who were using Coltram because they wanted to kind of like that, uh, they wanted to connect the dots between the data that they have from the player's side, as well as with the actual, you know, uh, back-end and front-end staff who were actually sort of, you know, delivering the experience on behalf of that brand and making sure that they weren't missing out on any of those pieces of data that actually impacts the holistic story that is a company. And I think it's been really interesting to see a lot of the associations now globally who are now working with Coltramp as well because I think, to your point, uh, you know so much about your customers, you know so much about, like, the experience that they're having. You're running an incredibly complex organisation, but at the heart of that is the employees who are trying to do that. So it's been really fascinating to see, like, how the sports team specifically are using like culture amp and what they're doing um, as well as the associations and um, so you've been on this journey we don't want to give away too much of the session because we want everyone to attend if they can but I guess was there a particular learning from asking for you know feedback during this time one of the more surprising elements maybe from the feedback that you got that you're like oh wow like we really didn't know that about our employee experience but now that we do we can go do something about it. Um, yeah, there were a couple of themes that emerged, um, you know, specifically, I'll, I'll probably save those those anecdotes for the, the session on Wednesday. Um, but I think a benefit that we gained from doing this survey that we weren't really even expecting um, was around sort of the learning offerings that we could offer to our employees. Um, we had just rolled out our, our internal learning platform, MLB Academy, eight months before we started our survey and during COVID, um, you know, we kind of adapted our launch plan and uh, figured if people were at home and they had the opportunity to tap into some learning, um, we may as well offer it because we were ready. Um, and through the survey data we've collected, we've, we've found either groups that needed something different than what we were offering and we've been able to make adjustments there or groups that just didn't have the time to take advantage of you know this platform, um, so we've we've been working with those leaders to come up with either new content, as I discussed, or you know dedicated time when employees would be able to kind of take advantage of everything that we had to offer. So um, we really weren't expecting that, and we were even thinking down the road to run a survey specific to get information about you know our MLB Academy offerings, but we didn't really have to because that that data kind of came up organically through just employee comments and um, some other themes that emerged in the survey. I think uh, learning has always been an, um, a really strong driver for engagement across culture and industries and across benchmarks that we've had 
um, you know, for over 10 years now. So I guess um, you rolled out this academy, but you're also just, I guess, getting this appetite from your employees to want to learn more. So um, could you just maybe touch on, I guess, like why it's so important, especially during this time to maybe just focus on uh, learning and sort of skills development for your employees, you know, considering everything that they've been going through over the past 18 months? Yeah, it's a good question. And, you know, I, I it's always interesting to see how high of a driver it is for people. I think it a lot of it has to do with career progression. Um, you know, like most companies and MLB is no different. We, we have a lot of, you know, really high performers and sort of hungry, hungry people who want to continue growing and developing. Um, and we know that the the sort of historical wait till your boss leaves and move up, you know, that that is a little bit antiquated. So it's really about gaining a broader skill set um, to be able to maybe move laterally into another role, um, you know, or, or try a different department or work on a project that's a little bit outside of your your normal day to day. And so having the skills to be able to do that, I think, is really important. So that's what the biggest theme we've seen from our employees is, you know, feeling like they can take control a little bit of their career growth um, and then set themselves up for, you know, that potential next role that when it when it becomes available. So like we said, we wanted to touch on some of the, I guess, themes and subjects that you're going to be speaking about at the uh, Culture First Americas event. But if you had to put your sales hat on and maybe pitch to someone like why they should attend your session and why you're excited to speak this year, how how would you pitch it? It's a great question. I think it, it's just an interesting story because our brand is so sort of recognizable. And it's very rare that you kind of get to hear about what it's like kind of the day day in the life of an employee. Um, and, you know, I'm going to be as kind of real and candid as I can be about what we've learned along this journey. And if there's other organizations out there that are maybe struggling with similar things or have pretty traditional cultures, like, like we do at Major League Baseball and want to try something different um, and try to be a little bit more progressive and, and kind of lean into listening to their employees and gathering feedback. Um, we've learned a lot along the way and, and I'm willing to share those lessons um, and, you know, get to know people out there that are kind of going through the same thing. So um, hopefully, you know, it'll be a, a great conversation and, and we'll get to kind of learn from each other. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure to get to know you over the last few weeks as we've been building out this story together and I'm excited to share it with everyone in our Culture First community. So, uh, Kira, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today and I can't wait to see the full session at our Culture First conference this year. Thanks, Damon. Yeah, it's been awesome getting to know you as well. A big thank you to Kira Connedy from Major League Baseball for joining me on the Culture First podcast. Now, I've been recording these interviews, you know, here in California, where I live, and if I was to tell 13-year-old Damon when he was attending his first ever baseball game with his family, it was the uh, Anaheim Angels versus the Los Angeles Dodgers, that fast forward, you know, a decade plus some years, that I'd actually be like behind the scenes learning about how the Major League Baseball works, he wouldn't have believed you. This has been such a fascinating company to get to learn more about. And this is just a teaser of the story that Kira will be sharing at Culture First Global. So if you want to hear the whole thing, you can head to culturefirstglobal.cultureamp.com to get your free ticket. If you learned something new and interesting in this episode, then we would love for you to share it. You can share your takeaway in the form of a review. You can share this episode on social media or just pass it along directly to a colleague who you think would enjoy it. If you do share this episode on social media, please tag me at Damon Klotz, that's D-A-M-O-N-K-L-O-T-Z, 
and CultureAmp at CultureAmp so that we can participate in the conversation. This has been another episode of the Culture First podcast, and I've been your host, Damon Klotz. Thank you for listening and playing your part in creating a better world of work.